One billion years in the future, Earth still exists, though maybe not as we imagine it. Eras upon bygone eras worth of technology have been left behind by eight previous and fallen civilizations. It is now up to the denizens of the Ninth World to piece together what was left behind. Perhaps they're looking to carve out their place in the world, or simply to survive a land riddled with weird and unearthly dangers. Or perhaps still, they just wish to learn and uncover the secrets of the Numenera. Whatever it is this new era of adventurers and heroes is looking to discover, they'll have to dig through the imprinted echoes of the past to find it. Hello, and welcome to Imprinted Echoes, a family-friendly Numenera actual play podcast. My name is Zan, and I'm your GM. Thank you for joining us today. As always, we hope you're staying safe and healthy. A bit of a shorter episode today, but I promise it's jam-packed with a whole lot of fun. The interior of the structure known as the Beanstalk is so far stranger than any of the delving party had originally thought. Every turn seems to be another path to a yet unforeseen journey. Bug friends are made, Numenera is salvaged, and even more trips are taken. Join us as Nehemiah, Smolrin, and Jory try to stay grounded. I remembered the rest of the phrase. So the entire phrase is, everything in excess, moderation is for monks. And the reason I have heard this phrase is because when I was a child, there was a uh, Polish engineering firm that my dad was friends with the guys who ran it. And every year around Fat Tuesday, they would send out promotional boxes of punch keys to like friends and business associates. And they would include a little card on the top that had weird little phrases, some of them to do with engineering, some of them to do with the Lenten season, their translation in Polish so you could learn how to say them in Polish. I never did learn how to say that in Polish, but one of the phrases was everything in excess, moderation is for monks. (laughs) I found out recently that punchkis are not something that is necessarily widely known. No, Um, outside of like heavily Polish communities. Mm -hmm. They're almost impossible to find in New York unless you go to like a very specific part of Brooklyn. Yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah. You can go to like, I think it's Greenpoint. There's at least one bakery and you have to like order them months in advance. They sell out right away. Like it's the only place in the city you can really find it. Frodo, stop eating things. (laughs) never I don't know what he's finding something on the ground and it makes me nervous because this is my sewing area he's eating fabric or something no Mm -hmm. bueno (sighs) yeah but it makes me happy to live in an area where those are like just like oh yeah everyone knows them they're sold at the grocery store you can find like the crappy off-brand version of them or you can go to the really good Polish delis and get the real stuff get the the crappy ones at Walmart or Kroger or Mm -hmm. Or the really real nice. ones with plum filling. Mm-hmm. Uh, plum. Even prune. I will. I think it's prune, plum prune. I mean, that's the same fruit, but it's I know, different. but what's in it a different yeah. stage. Mm. Yeah, different stages. It'd be of the life. difference between grape filling and raisin filling. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. That is that's distinct. <laughs> it is same fruit, distinct flavor difference. Yeah. Well, to bring this back around to Numenera, we are currently in a temple, question mark? (laughs) Smallrin has just returned from her excursion over the ravine 
to first grab the shield that she saw kind of tucked away down the cliff face, but also across the way into another room where she found a whole bunch of Numenera and a handful of Ganthanhar, who under no unclear terms stated that if a lot of you were looking for the same thing that they were looking for, there would be problems. Though they don't know what they're they looking for. They don't know what they're looking for. <laughs> Which makes me really nervous that they will not let us leave, period. And after Smolin returned, you all met back up into what seemed to be some sort of empty foyer space to head down yet another pathway in this structure. This door opens up into a dark hallway. And as you're walking down, you realize that the light that had been filtering through the walls in the other rooms has faded away. It's not here any longer. And nearby, there is a spark that erupts out of the wall. And you hear a sharp sound of crunching or twisting metal. And after another few moments, you see another spark well far down the hallway and another metal sound. Not quite grinding, but almost as though it's being warped or twisted or distorted in some way. And other than these sparks, you don't see anything else happening here. Do they look like electrical sparks? Does it look like... Okay. Hmm. Does it sound like something is wrong, like machinery gone wrong? Or does it sound threatening, like this is meant to be a scary sound? Oh, no. Something is distinctly broken. Okay. There is something distinctly wrong about what's happening. Hmm. Getcha. Doesn't make it any less threatening, per se. Right, but it's probably not an entity making noises to scare us. It is more likely that something's just wrong. Yes. Gotcha. Oh, we love that. I would turn to the group. All right. Don't suppose anybody has like an architecture or engineering (laughs) background that uh, has been hitherfore too unknown. Well... Made a sandcastle once. It wasn't too bad. Mm -hmm. I'm a mechanic, more or less. Uh, Maybe that applies. I'm definitely not an architect, though. I genuinely think you're a little bit more ready to handle whatever is going on up there. Let's go check it out. I assume this is the only way we're able to keep going because this seems more than a little bit imposing. I think that would be an accurate description, unless we want to go back to our friend who sent Nehemiah to... What was it you called it? Meat place. We're not going back. Didn't like that. Don't want to go back. For all I know, I was getting digested there, and I'd rather not test Just that Just a little theory. bit more digestion. Well, you will slowly be digested mm. over a thousand years. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing I'm worried about. There's another spark that you see down the way, and it illuminates some sort of panel or device far down the hallway. So you do see something at the end of this. Mm. It's not like a dead end. It doesn't go nowhere. You do see something at the end. Well, if this is the way that we're going, then this is the way that we're going, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right, let's head on down. We just walk together down the hall like Wizard of Oz. Like the four, <laughs> the four of us all in mm-hmm. a row. No, it's, it's five of us, isn't it? Oh, I guess it would be. Uh, got the five Molly of us. and our, yeah. our little well, neophyte friend. There's a Toto, so. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is the Toto? Which one is Toto? It's me. Mac is Toto. The the new guy. Mac is sticking very close to Jory. Mm -hmm. Jory probably isn't Mm -hmm. the one who will protect him the most. In fact, that'd probably be Nehemiah. But it seems that he's more interested in who will be able to address the stones. Yes. Fair enough. 
question. Mm-hmm. Are there continuing to be kind of sparks that occasionally light up the far end? Yes. Through my telepathic link with my Ogren orb, I just want to say, I have a game. Each time there's a spark, I want you to notice at least five things about what is illuminated. At least try. You get kind of like an affirmative feeling from it. By the time you get there, it'll have those answers for you. Perfect. As you guys are walking down and these sparks continue to happen intermittently, not just at the end, but kind of in the hallway as well, you do notice that the walls here are metal rather than that ceramic-y stone stuff that it has been everywhere else. And I'm actually going to have each of you make a speed defense roll level three to see if you get hit by the sparks. I will go ahead and roll that. I am untrained in speed defense, weirdly. Pass with a 15. And pass with a 13. Pass with a 19, minor effect. Okay. Roll 20 is being merciful today. Unlike last time. I know, I was going to say. That's one roll, give it time. Can my minor effect be that our two NPC companions get by just fine? That's perfectly good, because one of them wasn't going to. So, good choice. Heck yeah. I, I like the idea that possibly like Nehemiah kind of it's kind of like a get the hook moment, but you have your mm-hmm. staff or spear or whatever and just like yep. yoink them out of the way. Yeah, it just kind of like flies out in front of them and it just stops them from falling Perfect. into the wall. Yeah, you are on constant protective duty and you are able to keep both Molly and Mac away from the sparks and the dangerous happenings of these walls. Smallrin, you're getting closer and you do feel the orb kind of focusing more and more on what's happening at the far end. But in a flash, you feel it, and it's almost physically painful, wrench away from that and look at something up on the ceiling. It doesn't often do that. It doesn't often physically change its perspective aside from where you are looking, but it wrenches your eye up towards the ceiling and you see up above you a millipede made of solid yellow light that just appears in a small flash of light. And on its back, it's carrying a small box. This millipede is only maybe six to eight inches long, size of your hand maybe. And this box is attached to it somehow, but it runs along the ceiling. And just as it's about to get to the curve of where the wall meets the ceiling, it disappears in another small flash of light. Not bright. It doesn't light up the whole room. It's Less illumination than even the sparks that are happening along this hallway. But your orb really liked seeing that and was immediately drawn to it. Okay. You wouldn't mind looking up? I want to see if that happens again. You stop the group, explain the situation, and looking up, you do see it appear again, a little farther down this time, and kind of runs a little bit towards you on the ceiling and then down a little bit on the wall and again disappears. And after another minute or so, you see it again along the wall. And it runs then along the floor, a little farther down, up the wall, and disappears. The box on its back, is that also made of light, or is that... No. Okay. What does that look like? It looks like a small synth box. Okay. The box itself is maybe not much bigger than the millipede itself. Maybe four inches, five inches square, Mm. cubed, technically. Interesting. I hate to say it, guys, but I think we might have found one of the gods. <laughs> Do you guys say that in character? God bug. No, I don't. Because okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mac has some has some thoughts. But... Hail the bug Hail. god. 
Oh, hey, a light bug. <laughs> um, have you ran into light creatures before? We've ran into void and energy right, void friend. Before. I met void friend. Yep. So this is different, but the same. Right, Nehemiah. Go ahead and roll for me intellect level three. It would mm-hmm. normally be four, but you have okay. a distinct experience with this. Success with a ten. The way you see it appearing and disappearing. It's not necessarily the look of it, but as you see it happen a little bit closer to you, the sound of it happening. It's, it's just a, a very slight little, and that's what it sounded like when you went to the meat place and back. All right. I don't know where it's going, but it's going somewhere. Like it is hopping out of wherever we are and going to... Maybe not the meat place, but going to another place and then coming back. It's so wrong that I want to open a pub called the meat place. I would not go there. But, but no, but I mean like meat, like spell it with two E's. You see? Okay, I would go there. Oh. And it also sells okay, jerky. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> there it is. It, there it is. There we go. There, done. So. Is it amenable for profits to open up places of business? I mean, it's got to work because there's a word profit right in it, so... <laughs> There it is. <laughs> profit, profit. <laughs> profit margin. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Man. I'm just going to throw this out there. Somebody needs to write a book about the secularism of modern churches called the profit margin. <laughs> if this if doesn't book, exist, I'm, I'm going to be Google mad. this book right now. And if this doesn't exist, we're quitting podcasts and getting into... There is a book called The Profit Margin, but it is a comedy piece. Okay. It's a comedy about profits, oh. charlatans, reality shows, religion, social engineering, and the end of the world. Oh, that also sounds great. Yeah. I mean, that sounds I'm about like it. what we'd come up with. <laughs> anyway. Anyways. So when you talk about going other places, Nehemiah. Yeah. Do you mean that like you're going other places or other places? Other places? Like, listen carefully next time that thing bips out. Okay. You'll hear it go, and when it bips back in, same thing. Just a very soft, very slight, and that's what it sounded like when I went to the meat place. Interesting. So, I mean, there's not much we can do with that information unless one of us wants to like try and grab onto it and then go for a ride. I'll do it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right. Just be careful. I'm always. That's all yeah. I'm saying. That is categorically not true. That is not true, Jory. I don't know what. <laughs> Jory, because this is happening quickly and because the millipede is crawling around fairly quickly, I'm going to have you make a speed roll. Mm-hmm. Level four. Okay. If you'd like to apply anything, you can. Initiative. <laughs> actually, actually, I would let that apply. Yeah. I would let being trained in initiative apply because you are trying to get the upper hand on this thing. You are trying to beat it in terms of timing. So, yeah, that sounds good. Success with an eight. It's probably good. You watch this millipede back and forth, back and forth, appearing and disappearing, and you reach out and grab around it. And as it disappears, so do you. And you are in a room. It is a metal room. At first, your eyes have to adjust to the light because there, it is rather bright in here and it was rather dark in the room you were in before. Mm. But there is a long 
corridor in front of you, and it is constantly turning and shifting and moving. There are things coming out of it, like protrusions that are metal and probably a part of the room. It's not like things are like sticking out. It's almost Inception style, where it kind of reforms and twists and moves as you are looking down it, like some sort of strange fractal image. Hmm. I would like to observe it and see. Similarly, is there any distinct schedule that this movement is absolutely at random so far as you can tell? Is there anything else around or is this the only way to go? If you look behind you, there is some sort of complex Numenera device set into the wall, but there is nothing Ah. else in terms of going anywhere. No doors, no windows, no entrances or exits. I wonder if you control this movement, little panel. Let's give you a poke and find out. (laughs) There's some buttons, some levers. You kind of go through and some of them make it change faster. Some of them slow it down. One of them makes it stop and then go in reverse. There's one that closes it entirely. Well, that's not helpful. One that opens it up wider, but it keeps moving. Mm. Nothing seems to make it stop. I will choose slow and wide. (laughs) Okay. As you're choosing that, the millipede once again appears at your feet and crawls along the edge of where you are. Nope. You know what? Pop back in a bit and maybe I'll grab you and we can go back. But right now I'm not done tinkering. But thank you so much. Luckily, the millipede runs every 10 minutes. (laughs) It is rather regular. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah, you can just catch the next one. On the minute, every minute. I'm now imagining it very similar to like the cat bus in my neighbor Totoro. Yes. Back in the beanstalk, Jory has disappeared. And Nehemiah was gone for maybe 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. Jory's been gone for... Pushing on three or four minutes now. Has the millipede returned since she's been gone? Yes, it returned a couple minutes after she disappeared, disappeared again, and has come back again since. It seems that this is going about, the millipede comes about every two minutes or so. All right. I'm getting nervous. I got an idea. I reach into uh, my bag and I pull out a pair of patches They've got like silver lines running down them, and I hand one to Small Wren. These are telepathy implants. You take one, I take one. Both slap them on the side of our heads. They should work for about a day. Okay. I will go ahead and just touch the bug. Okay. And I'll see what the heck's going on. Sound good? I will stay here and monitor. All right. Both Beep. put them on. Slap it on. They do like an iridescent, like, as you put them on and they come online. And I just think, like, into the patch. All right, is this thing on? I believe so. Uh, That's weird. All right. Where is you, you little bugger? (laughs) Bugger. You wait for the millipede to appear again. I'm also going to have you make a level four speed check. Okay, I'm going to spend three points of effort on that to go ahead and knock that down to a two, because I am not speed trained. And roll. Success with a three. So I'm really glad I did that. You also jump out and get a hand onto the millipede. And as it disappears, you appear right next to Jory. Oh, oh, good. It's not me. 
I think. It's not me. I got you. It's not you. (laughs) Smallrin, you get that message that it's not meat. I found jewelry. But it sounds like it is being said from down a hallway. It is echoey. It is quiet. It is distant. When in the past, you've been able to use these at a fairly wide distance. Something's different about wherever they went. I will then think as loudly as I can. Um, (laughs) I'm glad you found her. Perhaps you should come back quickly. This sounds odd. I'm guessing I hear it the same way. You hear it the same way. Oh, that's weird. It's not as though the person is whispering. Mm -hmm. It's just as though they are talking from a very far distance or from a different room. Cool. All right. Be back as soon as we figure out what's going on. Hey, Jory, uh, what's going on? You've been here a minute. (laughs) Or like seven. Have I? Yeah. Jory, here it's been maybe a minute tops. Yeah. It hasn't been that long at all. That's not great, Nehemiah, because I haven't been here very long. So something must be making our time work differently. That's unnerving. Yeah, a little bit. What what have you found? That hallway. And you look at it, there's that same kind of like <laughs> shifting fractal pattern of a hallway. Oh. I think I've got it a bit chilled. This is chilled? But I want to go down it. Yeah. Oh, mm. don't love that. I'm not saying it couldn't improve, but <laughs> it has improved mm. so far. What do you think? Shall I have a go? Look, I'm not going to stop you if you think you'll be safe. Mm-hmm. I do want to throw out. Smallrun and I got a patch going on here. Mm-hmm. We got mm-hmm. we, we, we can think to each other. She sounds like she's about a like 100 miles away right now. And even when you're 100 miles away on these things, they're fine. So we are somewhere either very far or just not right. Either way, we should think about getting back sooner rather than later. What with this whole time thing. Sounds like it's going to be later no matter what. Fair. I think back to Small Run. It's been about 30 seconds here. How long has it been on your side? It's pushing three minutes now. Maybe four. I would say you've been gone three to four. I've been gone about three minutes already. Maybe four. At least it's not days, I guess. Yeah, fair. But whatever you're going to do, do it quick. And I'll just think back to the team. Hey, Jory's trying a thing. We'll be back as soon as we can. Get comfy just in case. Is there something at the end of the hallway that I can see? Another room, maybe? Hmm. Okay. With how it's constantly shifting, it's kind of hard to make out what's exactly on the other side. Okay. I'm going to go in. You start to try and make it through. I need you to make an intellect defense roll, level five. Okay. Fail with a three. You're going to take three points of intellect damage. Ow. As vertigo sets in, trying to navigate the course of this hallway. No, no, no. That was a terrible idea. I stumble my way back. What'd you find? I'm dizzy. I'm gonna lay down a second. All right, hold on. I will let's, curl up on the... No. I, 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 let's try and get back. I will grab uh, Jory by mm-hmm. the shoulder and grab our bug buddy. The bug appears, and I'm not gonna make you roll again after cool. being able to time it out over this time. You are able to grab onto it, and you actually grab the cube that's yeah. on its back. And as you right back mm-hmm. next to Smallrin and the bug disappears, the cube is left in your hand. Ah, cool. What, 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 
What's the cube? It looks like a container of some sort. It's got a little hinge on one side and a seam where it could open. I turn it away facing me and I open it like facing down the hall. Mm -hmm. Does anything jump out? Nothing jumps out. I turn it back to me. Okay. Look inside. You open it up. And as you're looking at it, at first you can't quite tell what it is. Mm -hmm. This is constantly shifting and moving and there's some light in it. And as you kind of look at it, you look up to Jory and Smallrin to kind of say, like, I don't know, what is this? And as you look away, as this thing is in your peripheral vision, you look at it and there's it's this small sphere, almost of undulating foam. Hmm. And you look back at it and it is then again distorted and you can't quite get a handle on what it looks like. But every time you look away, only when it's in your peripheral do you get an idea that it might be something of a solid state. Huh. Y'all seeing this? I'll show it to Smallrin. Same effect. That's unusual. I'm not quite sure. This is from the millipede. Mm -hmm. This is what it was on his back. Jory, you take a look at it. And again, kind of as you look away in your peripheral, you, you get it. You never thought you would see this in person before. This is something called cosmic foam. It's more conceptual than it is a physical thing. <laughs> it's said to be one of the foundations of reality itself. <sighs> it can be salvaged from things, but it's incredibly rare. Is that why I know of it? I would imagine. Yes, because Just... it's a, something, it's a, a salvaged material. <laughs> as you know what this is, and as you are able to get a more solid idea of what it could be in your mind. The more you look at it and the more you solidify that mentally, you can see it a little more concretely when you look at it and not just in the corner of your eye. And you see these foam pieces, almost kind of metallic looking, but clearly undulating. They kind of like crisscross and there's this like matrix of light bound up inside of it, constantly moving. Can I hold it? Yeah, what is it? <laughs> do we see the same thing that Jory is seeing, or do we still see it just kind of like shifting? You just see it kind of shifting. Okay. I want you to think about something, anything you want, and kind of look at it. I don't know, think about a fruit you like, since that seems to be a good thing, mm. or a smell, or a dream, or a, hmm. I don't know, something nice. See what happens. The I.O. kind of doesn't turn into that as you look at it, but it takes on something of that form a little bit. Huh. It's almost as if it's trying to be that as you think about it. It doesn't seem like it could just turn into that, but it is reacting to the thought of some sort of physical object. Whoa, mm. whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, then. I think we should probably put this back in the box. Hmm. <laughs> I hold it. <laughs> you can hold on to the box. That's fine. Okay. All right. Thank you. You have no idea how valuable this is. I look for this all the time when I'm doing the things that I used to do before I did this. And it's, um, it's quite cool. Can you tell us what it is? It's kind of like creativity or, um, creation or reality. It's like a building block of life somehow. I don't know how to explain it, really, but as you can see by looking at it, not being able to fully 
explain it or describe it is the perfect explanation and description for it. Are you saying that this might be some sort of connection to the gods here? No. Oh. <laughs> I thought for sure that's what it would be. Yeah, the, I mean, honestly, no. even I thought that, that you were steering down that particular oh, oh, okay. path. All right. Well, uh, in that way, yes, yes. But um, let's let's just look at things as individually occurring things for now, and, and we can draw attachments to them as we discover those attachments and not fill those in without thinking about them first. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mac? If I have to. If you have to. I like trying to ascribe reason to things, and this is the framework for which I have an understanding. If I'm using the words that you <laughs> have used back, mm. I'm trying to learn from you, you understand? Mac wants to believe. Wants to believe I so know. badly. <laughs> so badly. Well, there's... You're allowed to believe, but um, it's, the best way to believe is to temper it with um, curiosity and uh, and level-headedness. And uh, I, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm holding a piece of reality in my hand. If you'll excuse me, I'm going to put it in my pocket now, because that makes perfect <laughs> sense. What shall we do now? You are only halfway down this hallway, maybe. Let's keep going down the hallway. So you continue down the hallway. The sparks keep happening. You kind of get a feeling of when to avoid them now. That metal twisting, crunching sound kind of precedes it a little bit. Very flame spurt in the fire swamp feel. Mm-hmm. And you make it down to the far end. There is some Numenera interface along this wall. It is also sparking a little bit here and there. Clearly something's not quite right with it. It looks like it might have been illuminated at some point, but everything on it is dark. As you approach it, within a couple feet of it, I'm going to have everyone make me an intellect defense level five. I'm trained in that. As am I. I'm not. I never get to use if that. If you want to apply effort or anything else, you are welcome to do so. I will not, because I am running low. I am as I well. I think I will, just to be careful. So I will apply uh, a point of effort, and I'm trained. Ooh. Ooh. Naturally, oh. Nehemiah has rolled a one GM intrusion. Ugh. What else is new? <laughs> Smallrin also fails with a seven. Mm. Wow. I succeed with a 16. Just shocking. <laughs> you're, you're riding the high of the <laughs> cosmic foam. Yep. You all step forward, kind of making your way towards it. And as you get within that few feet, you all feel a strange lurch in your stomach, as though you have taken a step off of something tall, and mm-hmm. your, your stomach kind of lurches in that moment. The ground is completely flat here. You didn't see any step, but it lurches as you move forward. And Jory, you steady yourself and are able to keep it down. It's not quite unlike that vertigo you felt going through that twisting fractal room. Smallrin, you feel it and feel, for lack of a better term, fuzzy. You feel yourself kind of dissipate a little bit, and then something keeps you solid, something keeps you here, but you take four intellect damage. Nehemiah, you also feel yourself fuzz and dissipate, but nothing holds you solid here, and Nehemiah kind of evaporates Mm. for a moment. Oh boy. Thank you so much for listening to episode 54 of Imprinted Echoes. 
If you'd like to follow the podcast on social media, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Imprinted Echoes and our website at imprintedechoes.com. That's where you'll find links to the Ghostlight Media merch store and our Patreon if you're able to help us out monetarily. And on that note, I'd love to thank Christina, Tyler, and Everett for their continued support. If you want to help us out in other ways, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a rating and review, and tell a friend about the show. All three things go a long way in helping us out. As always, you can find our hosts on Twitter, myself at Covered and Sawdust, Chase at TQ Loudly, Rin at Rin underscore Moran, and Bridget at Really Bridget. And of course, our network, Ghostlight Media, at GLM Pods. Thanks once again for listening, and I hope you'll be back in two weeks to hear yet another episode of Imprinted Echoes. And until then, may your ciphers never malfunction. Imprinted Echoes is produced by Zan Campbell-Johannes and Chase Greenley, and is edited by Alex Berkowitz. Original show theme music is by Justin Longacre. This has been a Ghost Light Media production.